the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show, would like to acknowledge the traditional land owners and the leaders past, present and emerging of Ngunnawal, Ngambri and Darawal countries where we are working from today. This always was, and always will be, Aboriginal land. This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. I got no notes, but I got the memory, so... <laughs> Every time I've believed them a little bit this year, they've just kicked me right in the testes. Ninja Miss Legend. All right, you guys throw me into the fire straight away, you know, but that's why I'm here. Taylor Talk Time. Antonio Brown's out there hanging out with Kanye West. If that's not an insane asylum handing the keys to the inmates, I don't know what is. Maddie C. This Thesaurus um, is both terrible and terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I've got nothing else. Um, this is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. Welcome to the shocking fourth season. Of the Aussie NFL Fantasy we're Show. Still here, baby. We're still here. <laughs> we're still here. We've done about three hundred episodes, and somehow, even with all of that, we are yet to be cancelled. So, a big congratulations, fellas. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Back with us for another year. It's the voice of Australian gridiron, Manjit Melly. Welcome back to the show, my brother. Ah, uh, thank you, thank you, Matt. I'm back. He's I'm back. back. <laughs> yeah, I go do a Cam Newton because I know my boy Maddie hates Cam Newton. I, I just got, I just got put it. Yeah, <laughs> I know you hate him, but I'm just gonna say I'm back. See, and that is the energy I was hoping you would bring. Um, now, now for those who've come across the seas, ladies and gentlemen, it's our favourite Taylor Goodall. How are we going, guys? Great to be back. <laughs> At risk of completely derailing everything. At the very beginning, uh, man, Jot, your off season has clearly oh, been massive. Um, do you want to just give us a quick recap on where you've been and what you've seen since we wrapped up things in February? Because I was not joking when I said you are the voice of Australian gridiron. Um, oh, you weren't even the first one to say it. that. I think, yeah, yeah, I have been there and done everything. You weren't even the first one to say that. I think mm-hmm. it was um the Centurions page or something. Uh, one of the clubs here, Centurions. They they were like. Man, Jot Melly, voice of Australian gridiron. I'm like, yeah, all right, I'll take that. I'll take 100%. that. You know, um, yeah, I've been, I've been everywhere since fantasy season ended. I mean, we did like the Capital Bowl after like 12 weeks of ACT gridiron, and then after the NFL season ended, and we did our last podcast with Ian and the gang there. Uh, what, what else? Yeah, we start off good A again. Of course, with Brad joining on the show. Welcome, Brad, of course. Uh, we also had, you know, we also had Mark, of course, our boy Marky Mark there. Uh, God, what else was I? I'm trying, I'm trying to figure a full on recap. It was more like, yeah, just more pastry press. And then, you know, we got onto the Grand New South Wales State Challenge. We had New South Wales, Queensland, ACT, all competing in Taylor's neck of the woods, aka Wollongong, Darawal Country. Yeah. So we went there, you know, six games. I called all of those, you know, uh, despite my very bad coughs that were happening at the time, still got my voice through all six of those games. I don't know how, but yeah, that cough just went away towards the end of that week. And then, you know, we came back home 
And then the Sunday, we had that ACT South Australia game, ACT one, as Maddie said. Oh boy, that was that was probably my favorite of all of them. I, I can't I can't I can't root for teams. I'm not allowed to. I'm a commentator, but you know, seeing the ACT boys, you know, we we followed them for like 12 weeks, and then now, you know, I had free games with them. It's just like, you know, I've known some of these guys watch them over the course like 15 something games like the collective group yeah year so, and a half, pretty well yeah yeah they're pretty and you know it's obviously my home state so i've, I've obviously got a little bit of bit of a bit of skin well, in you're, the game. you're entrenched you're 100 percent entrenched with yeah. the act guys because we yeah. live it well, like that we live it yeah like in wollongong we all stay at this all like queensland act the two juniors teams we all stay at this resort together commentators officials like it, it was cool. It was a great camp environment. Wish you were there, Maddie. Oh, that would have been that so sick. Been, <laughs> yeah, it, it actually was cool. Like I was talking to a lot of players and sort of thing, and I could really, you know, players, coaches, administrators. Like I met, I met a lot of the big guys, you know, running the game. Like I, I'm talking like we're our New South Wales president, you know, Queensland's coach, and. Yeah, all the coaches, all the players, you know, everyone's just coming up to me at the TBH hotel. I can't remember what it stands for, hotel filming in there. The TBH hotel. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, the Taraji Beach Hotel. We went there Thursday afternoon, Friday night, you know, we're telling all the stories of like Grid I'm like listening, you know, like I'm I'm hearing everyone's like stories and everything. I think, you know, um, I mean, there's a very good hunger for a local game here. I know, I know, nationals got cancelled. I know mm. it's a very controversial topic for a lot of people, but like just to address it, like yeah, the nationals got cancelled. This was a replacement tournament for the nationals, and once nationals got cancelled, man, like a lot of I think there was a lot of doubts about where this game's going. If it's been governed properly, if things are going, but then you know all the people in charge, you know they got they got something up there. They got got a replacement tournament. Ah, uh, man, I, I don't want to get cancelled by any of these guys, but like you know, yeah, I'm trying to avoid. Cancel- That'll be a hot start to the season, by the way. <laughs> yeah, this is a hot start. So look, We're I, not I'm not trying. To- yeah, yeah, I'm not trying to <laughs> criticize, you know, Grand Australia or anyone Ooh, in particular, no, no. but like, you know, I know things didn't go well, you know, not really how they wanted it to go. But then, you know, they got a replacement tournament up, you know. I I know people are like hating on people in Grand Australia, probably some some people, I don't know. Like, there's probably some angst there. And then, like, but still, they turned up to the tournament. They were supporting it, you know, just as much as the state associations were. So, look, there's, I've got to give my credit where it's credit due to all the people involved, Grand Australia, Grand New South Wales, Grand Queensland, Grand ACT. Oh, sorry, ACT, Grand. They just, they changed the Instagram name. So, you know, the official name, I've got to remember that. But, um, yeah, look, I see a very good appetite. For anyone that's wondering, I said good appetite for the local game. I'm thinking yeah. of doing more in that space this year. I think there's a lot of people who want a lot more of um, exposure and more more sort of, uh, I guess, just more sort of media around the games. I think, you know, I- I'm willing to do more around the games. I think that would probably be where it is, you know, and get more highlights of maybe, you know, yeah, just look at starting something up with, around local gridiron. Just really try and get it, you know, really going. I think there's a lot of people that are really 
keen on like some sort of local gridiron mm. product. I think I, I definitely saw in Wollongong, like, a lot of people have been asking me to start podcasts or just like getting me on their um, on any of our podcasts. So, you know, hopefully we can make that dream come true for them. You know, I'm, I'm willing yeah. to make that work. Yeah, so a bit of, bit of foreshadowing going on here. Yeah, but I but, think we're yeah. uniquely positioned as a group of, of family podcasts to look at that kind of thing. And, and that's come up in our conversation. So I think watch your space on that because there, there's likely to be something and some version of us are likely to be involved in that. Yeah. We also don't foreshadow, we foreskin. We foreskin. Yeah, that's, that's it. What we do. That's it. We're foreskinning. Yeah. 100%. No, every time I, I, I go out there in the real Season world, right? <laughs> someone says foreshadow, right? I'm like, Shit, like, <gasps> I'm not going to say foreskin. I got, I got to keep it. Oh, it's acceptable. But, but you think it, don't you? We all, we yeah, all do it. it. Even at work, someone will say that, and I'm in a room full of people who are trying to act really professionally, and I'm just giggling to myself, knowing that every time I've heard the word foreshadow, I've just thought foreskin. <laughs> so, <laughs> show's exactly. keeping me young, fellas. Keep me young. Tay, you've had a pretty big off season too, um, mate. We, we actually had. All of us, the, the three of us, have never been Amazing. in a room together until a week ago, and then we even had <laughs> Dynasty Mark join us. It was that was a cool afternoon. I couldn't stay for the whole lot of it because I, I had other places that I had to get to. But then I, I managed. I, I left, and you two were just still there, who'd never met before, never been in the same room before, even though we worked <laughs> together for over a year. Um, that was really thrilling. Uh, <laughs> do you want to describe a little bit about how that went down? <laughs> yeah, it's good, mate. I uh, just with work, I'm going to be spending a bit more time in Canberra this year, and I've been trying to sort of reach out to try and catch up with all you guys. But last time I was down, I kind of didn't know I was coming down to the last mm. minute, so it was kind of hard. I was able to catch up with you, Maddie, but yeah, it was, it was sort pretty, of hard to get Mark and Mark and Manjot involved. But this time I was able to sort of uh, let you know a bit earlier, so it was good. And then we sort of changed it from a dinner to a lunch, and that kind of worked out better anyway. We were able to watch the basketball and. And yes. get the grease monkeys and, and and have a burger and just chat shit about NFL fantasy and just basically anything that had come to the top of the dome. Uh, it, was, it was great. And like I said, I hadn't met Manjot before uh, and, and I don't think he had met Mark or myself. So that, oh, that no, was really good for yeah. us. That was really good for us to get together. And I know we've all seen each other's faces and stuff, but it was just cool to be around each other. And, you know, we're, we're, we're very close, you know, you know, tight knit group doing this podcast, but it was good to actually be in the in the same spot. I even got to drive me and John home. Uh, so no yeah, way! Drove him back to the pig. Got the palace. trip back oh. to the, the mansion, the Manjot mansion. <laughs> yeah, the, the, yeah. <laughs> the pig palace. Don't, don't dox me on. Don't dox me on the podcast, Dad Taylor. But yeah, pig the, palace. Yeah. What? <laughs> my house is pink. For anyone that wants to know, it's pink. Man, you see my house. You've been just, to my house I, like fifteen times. I like the Manjot mansion over the pink palace. But okay, we'll go with the pink yeah. palace. Done. Uh, no, so. I, I like. <laughs> I, I like the Manjot mansion. <laughs> yeah. It is pink, I, by I the way. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I, I I would have said pastry powers. That was that was where it was first. Pastry like, powers. All the okay. pastry references. <laughs> it was always pastry powers, but you know. <laughs> so, so for yeah. you, Manjo, Taylor has made a million references about being a guy with some presence when you're in the room with him. Did you <laughs> did did you find that you experienced? The Taylor presence. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I definitely did because, man. First thing you notice when you see Taylor, right? 
He's just so tall. That dude is a <laughs> fucking giant. Like, <laughs> let me tell you that. He 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 literally is a basketball player, sort of. He size, literally is because yeah, literally like. I'm usually the tallest in the room out of everyone that I know. I'm the I'm the tallest out of all the friends I know. And then I meet yeah. Taylor, and Taylor's taller than me. Like this is probably uh, the it's first not close. Time I'm like looking up, <laughs> it's the first time I'm looking up at someone. Uh, like the way oh when we were God. sitting down, though, it's all like we're all around the same height. I think me and Taylor were well, not Mark. But... <laughs> oh, no. Sorry, Mark. I love you, Donna. See, Mark. But I don't know if that, you realize Mark, Mark is standing the whole time, man. <laughs> Oh, boy, Mark, oh so, so. <laughs> he's the first to make that joke, actually. Mark. So you know, Marky Mark. <laughs> yeah. But oh, how about God. that? So Manjot learned he comes up it. to Taylor's shoulder, and ta- yeah, Manjot's someone who thinks he's fairly tall. So it turns out not the case when you're with Taylor. And I've got to tell you, I worked with Taylor for four years, and it took the entire four years to get used to looking that far up to a human being and not not feeling weird about it. Like I know Taylor spent his whole life looking down at people because everyone's tiny but it is it takes a minute it takes a minute so yeah i'm like 184 taylor's like 200 centimeters oh yeah, yeah. Taylor's that, seven meters tall. Like the first, yeah <laughs> I, i'm definitely a little taller than the average human so yeah that's where that's where it is it's like yeah i'm usually <laughs> taller than everyone or same height as everyone so you know to see someone like that much bigger than me is just like oh that's a whole <laughs> different job you know I, when i was a kid i was always wishing to be that tall by the way like the the, the kid in me is pretty jealous like i i actually like every time like i'm like looking at myself like thinking about myself you know really like what I want to be when I grow up, I was like, yeah, definitely one of the things I want to be grow up, uh, at least 200 centimeters tall, like 100%. That was one of the things I wanted to be. It was I on the list. Definitely like, <laughs> yeah, there, there's always obviously being a football person, you know, football commentator, podcast or whatever. So, you know, at least I got, at least I got one of them off yeah, and away, yeah. you know. Might, uh, might take a little bit of growing <laughs> to get to the other one. You know, I, I'm still a couple of weeks away from turning 21. So, you know. It's still yeah. Wow. So, pastry still day gone. is coming up. Hey, Tay, flip weeks. this around. How how did you go with the Manjot experience? Because, um, oh, man, I, I got to spend a lot of time with Manjot in the last year, and especially through Gridiron season here locally where we were in the booth together. Um, how did you find the Manjot experience, uh, you know, in person? Yeah, it was awesome, mate. It was very clear to see how much he loves his sport and just love specifically, obviously, gridiron. But he, you know, he knows a lot about pretty much every sport. And I, I know yeah. how much I like to talk about that stuff to people. Like, I'll, I'll bet in a year of people who have absolutely no interest in sport. Shout out yeah. to my wife. Uh, but <laughs> it's actually nice to have someone on the same level that's uh, sort of six or seven layers deep when we're talking about NBA or or obviously oh, NFL, yeah. or basically any sport, NRL, whatever. It was actually really, really cool to have a chat. And again, it was just good to be in the same uh, room as each other. Like we, we've always talked on a yeah. screen like this. And um, obviously, I know you, Maddie, from working together and things like that. So sadly, yeah, you know, it's always, <laughs> it, it, even though we like to talk shit, it is always good catching up with you, um, especially me moving back to Wollongong. But just get, getting yeah. a chance to meet me and Jot. Um, you know, he's really, really passionate about everything he talks about and that always comes through in on the, on the podcast and when he does commentary. So it was good to see that first, Dan. 
Oh, yeah, 100%. So you two have got a complete context of each other now in a way that you can kind of fill in the blanks yourselves in the meantime. But now, now once you meet a person in person, it, it, it changes that a little bit. And I um, imagine you two are really going to fucking bring it for 2023 <laughs> yeah. now. And uh, you, you won't pull any punches because I know you two have been yeah. kind of a little tap dancing around really, each other because I'm the really conduit. I've been really I've been, holding back my bold takes, Maddie, in the last few years. You, so. you have. <laughs> if there's one thing we can all say about you, Taylor, it's that you have uh, been really backwards about coming forwards. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Very timid. Yeah. Very timid. Yeah, I think, you know, during the season, I'll probably be a lot better than I was because I just had a million things going on during last season this year. It's yeah. like my second year of repeating it, plus like taking time away from uh, other things in my life, specifically in my university studies, like really trying to spread out the load so I can yeah. have a bit more of a football life, I guess. I think that's what I'm looking at is is really trying to be a better football analyst this year. I think there's going to be a few more controversial takes. I think you're going to see a lot more on our social medias. I think, I, I think I've been holding back. Like tonight definitely is going to be a few controversial takes. We have, yes. we have a Beautiful. very spicy episode yes. coming up. That's what we're here for. We do. So, hey, look, perfect pivot for me. Uh, I was trying to work out how I was going to pivot that, but there you go. Thank you, Manjot. Uh, the professionalism is really rolling through from you. Look at you yeah. go. Um, so tonight, uh, for those who've already jumped the gun and, and read the title on your favourite podcast app, which is where you found us, uh, we are going through a nice big preseason schedule of things. And one thing that is really well established is that every year, there is this great movement of free agents before the draft happens. And that's something that the NFL does that other sports don't do. So that the free agents get to find their new homes and then you draft. And then the, uh, I guess the, the garnish of then later free agents get sprinkled on, on top. And that's how you get your NFL pie. And here we are looking at every year, there is a bunch of big noise about who moves to new places. And we're going to try and, bust out which ones we think are actually really fantasy relevant, uh, whether that be for better or worse. And we're going to go through them by position. So uh, that, that, that's really the goal here. And then Tay is going to challenge us a little bit to think about some draft strategy and, and value a little bit later on, which I'm looking forward to. I always like when I get to hand over the reins to one of you fellas who've got a, a, a plan for a segment and I get to go in completely unprepared. I love that. This is this is the Aussie the Aussie NFL fantasy fantasy show. Can you please gently cut my balls? You're saying you don't you know if you want to take a kick up. Just getting balls gently pulled with Robbie Gould at the end there. That was a dagger right to the nutsack, and he said thanks for that. Manchot, we're wide receivers. We should really talk about wide receivers, shouldn't we? Yeah, let's go. Who's okay, so wide receiver. Uh, wide receiver is the best position in football. It is the entire cake. You yeah. don't need icing. You don't need anything. When you We're essentially the carrot cake of positions because it, it stands alone. You don't need anything else. And I, mean, I, I put these in a really specific order on the run sheet, but maybe I should probably be a little bit more judicious about how we talk about them. Did everyone notice that I put the Jags wide receiver who... <laughs> who <laughs> <laughs> came across in a trade, so not even a free agent. What a shot. Um, <laughs> it's just he was going to be someone who was compelling who changed teams. So I thought, okay, well, let's – we don't have to spend a ton of time on him because we know what that offense is essentially going to look like. Nothing in that building's really changed except they've they've sent away a second-round pick and brought in a guy who is pretty legitimately a good wide receiver who just had to sit out a year, not even injury-related. Injury uh, Manjot, what do you think about Calvin Ridley going to the Jags? 
How does this change him compared to what he was as a Falcon? Yeah, so trade deadline last year, they made this move. So we didn't really hear about it in the offseason, except for the fact that he got quietly reinstated. So now he's back to football activities. Good to see for Calvin. No, he's had a few mental health issues and stuff. So shout out to him. I feel like this is a great sort of thing where Ridley can really cook with Lawrence there at quarterback. He's probably the best quarterback that really is ever going to play with is Trevor Lawrence. I feel like that's really good for him. They, they still have some quality talent as Christian Kirk and some of the other guys in that wide receiver room, but this is really Ridley's time to shine. This is really a space where he can really be a consistent 1,000 yard, 1,100 yard, 1,200 yards, maybe even 1,300 yard receiver in his prime. And I think that's going to be really good for Calvin Ridley. This is the this is probably one of the best landing spots for him. Young quarterback coming up on the rise. He gets a new contract potential. I think he got a new contract out of that deal. Yeah, he's got barely any competition except for Christian Kirk in terms of receiving. And even then, if if he was receiver two. They, they put it on their second best corners on him. So that that's absolutely going to be good. I think that's actually going to improve Christian Kirk as well, thinking about that, just the second cornerback thing. It's, I'm probably the only fantasy player here who ever thinks about that second cornerback thing. I necessarily don't think a wide receiver two is demotion. I feel like mm. being a wide receiver two can actually lead to more opportunities. Of course, AB and Juju being one of the massive examples, speaking of the Steelers back in the day. When yeah. Juju was wide receiver two, he was cooking. Whenever he's a wide receiver one, he's not. So there's definitely some sort of – some players are like that. I feel like yeah. Ridley – he was pretty good with Julio there for a couple of years in Atlanta when Julio was like in the last year or so of his prime with Atlanta. I feel like... Yeah. I mean, he had 10 touchdowns both years. those years, right? Some of them were three touchdown games. So he was a bit Amari Cooper <laughs> in the way he delivered them. But I tell you, you get to see the Jags twice every year. And generally, that's been a real picnic Um Last year, not so much. Maddie C got the beers. What do you think uh, Calvin Ridley to the Jags does for Ridley? Well, I'll just say from the get go, like I, I don't have, I don't share quite the same optimism as Manjot, and that's not me trying to say that I think Calvin Ridley is going to be bad. I just almost see him like Michael Thomas last year, where I, I just threw my hands up and said, "I've got absolutely no analysis to this. I have, <laughs> no one has any idea." what is going to happen with this guy. We don't know what he is like. We don't know what he's like mentally. We don't know what he's like physically. He's been out of the game for so long. Yeah. Like, there, there isn't really a precedent for this. So, like, in a way, I kind of am erring on the side of caution by saying that I'm not really sure and I'm not really confident going in on him in fantasy because I just don't know what to expect. Like, I don't feel like there's a perceived upside because you're going to have guys like Kirk and Engram and, you know, even Zay Jones that have been with Lawrence there for the last year and actually been in the system. I just find it hard after a team went so well last year 
um, to, to all of a sudden integrate Ridley over all these other guys guaranteed. I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm just saying there's that at least enough of a question mark for me that I'm just mm. not so sure jumping in on him. Like, again, I need to see what his ADP is moving forward. If if he's being left for dead and no one's taking him, sure, I'll scoop him yeah. up because there is a bit of a perceived upside of what he could be after what we saw last time we saw him before, you know, everything that happened to him. So... I'm just a bit worried. I, I try to be a little bit risk adverse in that situation because I just don't know what to expect. So, yeah, look, he's got he's got Trevor Lawrence, you know, booming. You know, just he's coming in, yeah. starting to head towards his prime, but he's just looking better and better each season. So that in itself is a great situation. I'm just erring on the side of caution that I don't know what to expect out of a guy who's come back for after a couple of year layoffs and for mental reasons as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that one will come down to, if you're mock drafting now, that's probably going to be a roster construction question because those guys are yeah. around about the same spot. I wouldn't want to start him. <laughs> you need someone who's got a better floor, then you're probably looking at Kirk. And if you feel good about wide receivers, then you might as well have a shot at Ridley and see what the sky looks like. Um, knowing that, if it's the floor and he doesn't perform well, then it wouldn't matter. But, yeah, I, I think that one's going to be really compelling, especially since you two sort of land in different spots Let's revisit that one in a couple of weeks and we might be able to sniff out a second water bet. <laughs> um, a, a guy who's made a real art, because this is the thing, like wide receivers will change teams and it's kind of rare that they go boom in their first year in the new system. But Brandon Cooks has had more new teams than you and I have all had hot dinners. And the guy is always seemingly on the edge of fantasy relevance or well and truly into it. He's very rarely had a season where that hasn't mattered. Now he moves to a Dallas team where the volume's just there and and he's stepping into a role where there's going to be continued volume. Tay, you and I were really far apart on Cooks at the start of last year. I don't feel like we're going to be the same this year. What do you think about Brandon Cooks in this Dallas team? So I will question one of the things you just said at the end there. I'm not sold the volume's going to be there. And I think for the whole team, I'm a little bit off the whole pass attack of the Cowboys this year because of the change in coordinator. Um, McCarthy's going to take over this team and run, run, run this motherfucker home. Like, he, it's clear to me that he didn't want to pass as much as he did last year. He even came up with some bullshit saying that the offense was scoring too quickly. Like, what the hell is that, mate? Um, like... <laughs> It's just unbelievable. Like, I just really am worried about the offense in the passing side in general. Uh, look, it's hard to say no to like a CD Lamb because he's just going to get he's going to get volume. He's going to get a huge target share. But I'm worried about a guy like Brandon Cooks because if they're passing less and he's not the one, he's also been not really fantasy. You know, I say not really fantasy relevant. Look, he's had great, he's had fine finishes. He's had, you know, ones around 15, up to 15, 18, 20. He hasn't been high, high for a long, long time. But he's always been predicated on volume on shitty teams. Like, he's always sort of just been the one that's got a lot of yards and a lot of targets. And I just don't think that's happening here. I could see him getting maybe a bump in touchdowns because he's on a better team. But I don't see the volume there for him. So I don't really know what I'm getting out of him. And, like, I, I remember having CeeDee Lamb last year and there were that many games when the Cowboys were just outdoor a huge lead because their defense, buddy, put him in front by 24 points and they just ran the ball in the second half. Can you even imagine how bad that's going to be if they're running the ball in the first half, get a lead, and they then run the ball in the second <laughs> half? Like, I just don't know if the volume's going to be there. I'm not in on Dak at all. 
I'm, I'm just really, really worried about the passing offense in general this year. Like, I wouldn't even be surprised if they just brought Zeke back and they just ran him and Paul into the grounding. Mm, I've read a little bit about maybe Zeke getting back there. Hey, uh, Manjot, do you share Taylor's pessimism about Cooks? I'm not sure. I feel like Cooks and the Dallas Cowboys really meet each other mm. right in the middle. I feel like Cooks, if if a player was like the team they're playing for, I feel like Cooks does represent the Dallas Cowboys well. You got someone who's inconsistent just like the team. That offense is really <laughs> inconsistent. They can put on an absolute shit burger. We see it the last couple seasons. Yeah. Like they can put up an absolute shit burger against like a Denver Broncos or like a what Atlanta Falcons or something that they the games expected to cook in that they, they could put off an absolute shit burger okay. and then the games <laughs> they expected to cook in that they, they actually cook like the Colts game last year like Taylor said the defense put up like 24 points or something <laughs> in the fourth quarter so look there's always those sort of variables that are there with the Dallas Cowboys that's the real inconsistent team Brandon Cooks himself is real inconsistent probably more about how shit the Texans are than how inconsistent of a player he is because he never had consistently a QB at that team except when Watson was there that one year but looking back at it I feel like you've got a guy like Brandon Cooks I think they can use him very well I, I think he's definitely an upgrade over Noel Brown as a wide receiver yep. too definitely. because he's been a wide receiver one again another bit of upside obviously being the second best corner is going to be on him so sometimes I Second cornerbacks are absolute trash. He can have a field day. Dak Prescott's throwing him the ball. Dak Prescott's a decent quarterback, except in the playoffs against the 49ers, of course. And then, you know, you've that got, big high scoring game. Yep. Yeah. As long there's <laughs> going to be some high scoring games with the Cowboys, of course. They're going to have some of those games. And I think it's going to work real well for them. And I think for me, there's a bit of upside for, for Cooks. <laughs> But I do share some of the pessimism Taylor has. So okay. it's a real so I really think he's a boomer bus player, yeah. especially week Fair to enough. week. He's a very he's he's guy that's very dynamic. Dynamicism is a word I'd use to describe him <laughs> right there. We're gonna pivot back to that Ooh, conversation. That's, that's so, a word yeah. of the day calendar today, gentlemen. We've done well. <laughs> He's far more boom-bust from the Cowboys than he's been in a long time. Like, where where he was with the Texans, he didn't really have the boom opportunity. He just plugged him in there because he was going to get 10 to 15. It was a volume play, right? Yeah. Whereas this year, he could actually see it up, knock an uptick in touchdowns, but I think it's going to be every, like, third game. Like, I think you're going to get two out of three bad games. Well, then, and it's like, well, how confident you feel starting him. And that's kind of going to be where I think the interest for Cooks will be is where does he fit on your roster and what, what is your team going to look like to be confident picking him up and starting him until you see a little bit about what that offense is about. Um, having seen that there's big wholesale changes over at the Raiders too, and we've already sort of talked about the quarterback situation there, Jacoby Myers finds himself over there from the Patriots. Is, is this an upgrading situation for him, Manjot? Oh, I'm not sure about this one. I mean, look, Jacoby Myers is not really going to be that. Obviously, he's not going to be a wide receiver one. He's, I don't know about his upside because, of course, when he started his career, it took him forever to score a touchdown. We had that yeah. whole stat about it. Like, 
it was got what, some record 65? for it, yeah. Yeah, it was something crazy, like two or three seasons straight of him not scoring a touchdown. I feel like with Myers, he could really do well, but I feel like the thing with him is he's not going to get much volume. There's obviously Adams there, as we've said. Renfro is still there. There's Jacobs cashing past that backfield. And, of course, yeah, the tight ends, they've got a couple now as well. So, honestly, I don't see the upside at all for Jacoby okay. Myers. I think he's really just going to be a flex at best territory. And I, I feel like it's just going to be the same reduction of the Patriots he had. So, I don't really think he's going to be a starter most weeks in fantasy. I don't think he's really fantasy relevant, in my opinion. Tay, do you feel the same? I mean, we saw he's got some talent, but does Las Vegas kind of just dry up the opportunity a bit? I'm just noticing a real theme of me being absolutely pessimistic about all these guys at the moment. I generally don't like wide receivers changing teams. Uh, I just think in general there seems to be a bit of a stat drop-off and it's really, really hard for them to sort of incremate like with their, their new team. They just don't seem to sorry acclimate with the new team. Uh, unless they're a, a real true star, like you saw Tyreek do it last year, yeah. because he's an absolute freak, like, and he just ended up on a, on an offense that really, really fit him. It's not the norm, and just generally, I'm just not that excited about Jacoby Myers in general. Like you saw last year, couldn't do much of the Patriots. Fair enough, that's the Patriots. But now he walks into a Raiders team that has you know Jimmy G throwing the ball like he's going to be doing checkdowns to to Josh Jacobs and all the other passes are going to go to Adams. So I just don't see an upside here either. Unless they can sort of like work him into like a screen game or something a bit more and and get their ball in his hands a bit more. Uh, until I see that, I'm not excited at all. All right. So the reason I sort of put these two together is that I think Cooks and Myers probably. The, the reason I've got any uh, optimism around him is that I think that probably neither of them are the second receiver on their team. And it's kind of handy if you can make a little bit of room for yourself as a flex receiver, uh, sorry, a slot receiver. And we've seen plenty of guys successfully make fantasy careers based on that. Guys like Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley have at times been guys you can turn into uh, weak winners and, and potentially lead winners from getting that sort of opportunity. So I'm probably not as pessimistic. But they're such low-cost shots yeah. as well. Um, once we get into mock draft season, we're going to start drawing some lines about uh, who believes in what. So it's probably still a little too far away to do that with some of these wide receivers. Uh, Tay, I- I've got to imagine that you are feeling much more excited about a guy like Juju at New England than Jacoby Myers. We just One guy leaves, another guy comes in. Surely you're a little bit more excited about Juju being there than Jacoby Myers. Bit of juju poo poo juice. Uh, <laughs> look, I'll start with the. I, I need to start with some optimism. Like this, this has just been absolute filth for me in this whole wide receiver segment. The only bit of optimism I'll give this Pat's offense is the, the changing coordinator. Like not having Matt Patricia there is just a huge win from the get go. Like not having a defensive piece of shit. Like um, the running, calling the plays is just going to be a massive so upgrade to the offense anyway. So, so um, yeah, that was a great decision in the first place, by the way. Shout out, yeah. Pat. Uh, but, like, I, I, I think, honestly, that's probably where it ends. Like, you just saw Juju, like, barely do anything with Pat Mahomes of all, all players. Like, are, are we really going to see some huge resurgence out of him at the Pats with Mac Jones? I really don't see it. Like, again, it's all about draft cost. 
would I take him where he is? Maybe, but it would be sort of on my bench hoping yeah. to see something out of him that I haven't seen in the last few years. I'm still worried about his knee. I swear the dude gets his knee drained like every week or something. Like it it was it was an issue coming into the season last year, and I don't really see how him being a year older is going to help that either. Uh, like I said, I just didn't see enough from him, enough consistency with, with Pat Mahomes last year and a better offense that I'm all of a sudden going to go, yeah, he's going to the Patriots where they just destroy everyone to see if they have had three months. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. I mean, uh, that's where I was going too. I was thinking, gee, when was the last time they had a really fantastic wide receiver? Um, man, John, I mean, the guy's about your age, right? He's only a young bloke. Surely his knees aren't that bad. You've got some optimism around him, right? I'm not sure about Juju at this stage of his career. Fantasy wise, got a really dynamic range. The Patriots is definitely not the best fit for him. I feel like I-, I can't really see any upside for Juju at the Patriots because as long as Mac Jones is throwing the ball, I don't really see much upside for any of those receivers. And that- that's obviously Mac Jones' hate that I have. But honestly, I don't think there's a clear one in that offense for the Patriots. I don't feel like there's a clear guy that they can go to because they're always, someone's always having a shit storm with Matt Patricia. Even though Patricia's gone now, I know that. But still, someone's always having a shit storm with Belichick and getting in the fucking doghouse. Juju, there, another point with Juju. This guy, he's got such a personality, right? Yeah, that's not going to fly. He's going off. He's just not going to fly against Belichick. What is going on there? All three of us would be sacked if we turned up at the Patriots. We'd be sacked that same afternoon, the three of us. Yeah. Last an hour. That's why Tom Brady moved on to the Bucks and became Florida Tom. Man, Belichick is not good enough for his. Per- he's not good for the personality of Juju yeah. Smith-Schuster. I feel like this is not a good move at all, fantasy-wise or NFL-wise, because I-, I just don't see any improvement coming from that Patriots offense at the moment. Well, mate, just for the record, I like Florida Manjot. So as long as you don't become New England hey. Manjot, that would be great. Just to stay Florida Manjot. So something we have seen where a connection is there, and this is a rare thing where a quarterback and a wide receiver become free agents uh, or, or find their ways to the same team in the same offseason. But Lazard has followed in the footsteps of, I don't know if you knew, but Aaron Rodgers apparently was going to go to the Jets. Someone mentioned it oh, once, really? and then all of a sudden it just magically happened one day. Um, no one saw it coming, but Lazard followed Aaron Rogers there and we know that those two they've got some connection do you think that the volume still exists in a team which has been low on passing volume over years um, now that they've got a couple of people who've kind of got that you know the kind of mind meld going on man John do, do you believe in it for Alan Lazard Oh, what did Aaron Rodgers say about his receivers? He was like, oh, I don't have enough weapons. He brought the same exact weapons to freaking New York with him. Uh, except he just has Garrett Wilson instead of Christian Watson. Can someone... Ex- okay, look, and that's going completely against my analysis of Aaron Rodgers before, but I just wanted to pull that one up. I feel like... Lazard could be a decent number two in that offense. I feel like that connection with Rodgers is a significant storyline for the Jets. I feel like that's a significant storyline for Aaron Rodgers as a player. I feel like, and as a fantasy asset for Rodgers and Lazard himself, I think that quarterback wide receiver connection carrying over is good for the Jets as a team. It's good for Lazard's fantasy value, good for Rodgers. I think it. I think it has some upside to it. 
But if there was much upside, we haven't seen it so far in Lazard's career with Rodgers as a fantasy asset. That is, it's, I'm, I'm not seeing him doing anything crazy. That's what I'm trying to say. He'll just be a decent receiver again. And it'll be fine, right? So, and we're talking about Garrett Wilson, not the mum slayer. Uh, so, <laughs> um, hopefully, we don't see the mum slayer out there and that uh, Rogers is playing well and, and it gives Lazard something. But I hadn't seen a noticeable move in Lazard's ADP. So, do you just expect the same same from Lazard with Rogers? Ding, 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 ding. 100% pessimism from Taylor Goodall on this season. Never, never. Um, yes, sir. I, I liked Alan Lazard last year. Uh, I just thought, you know, him essentially being the de facto one uh, with Rogers last year was gonna was gonna bring optimism. And in the end, it really struggled. And that was with him being the one. I just don't understand how all of a sudden he goes to a new team, Rogers goes to a new team. They get a better defense. They're gonna play lower scoring games. And and you put Garrett Wilson in there. I'm betting on talent. I know I've said that I think Rogers is going to you know bloody zig when everyone thinks he's going to zag and he's going to pass to Mercedes Lewis and and Randall Cobb. Like <laughs> he's going to he's just going to yes, pass to anyone else he possibly can. But I'm going to bet on talent. I'm going to say this is all Garrett Wilson. I don't think it's going to be a high passing volume offense as it is. I think it's going to be a fair bit of Garrett Wilson and you're never going to know who the second person is going to be. I'm not saying that game to game there isn't going to be a Lazard, a Cobb or, or whatever sort of pop up for, for a touchdown here. There's still Corey Davis is still on the roster as Can well. Can you believe so it? He's still there. All of a sudden he's going to pop up as First well. First round pick Corey Davis, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know who. I don't know what team did that. But anyway, <laughs> no, um, no, no idea. But I just, I just think it's going to be more of the same with Lazard. If anything, it's going to be even more scratchy. I, I think last year you at least saw a bit of volume where he wouldn't get the touchdown, but he'd sort of have like an eight or nine for eighty or something like that. I, I can see it being even half that this year. I think you're going to see a lot of four for forties and things like that. There might cool. be some touchdown upside occasionally here and there, but again, I just don't think this Jets passing attack is going to really, really harm. I think they're going to lean on their defense and win a lot of close games. Right. I mean, I feel like that's kind of overall, no one's really wowed by that and probably fair enough. Tay, I'm going to keep it with you in the AFC and I'm going to go quick fire to you with an AFC one and then back to Manjot for an NFC one. So you won't get to comment on each other's here, but Tay, A-Rob wound back up in the AFC and he's now at Pittsburgh. (laughs) I I can't not go to you on this because you've been like the most vocal person about A-Rob ever. Has he finally got a quarterback? Oh, my God, mate. This is unbelievable. Have you ever seen someone go for less in a trade? Like, it was bare. Like, if you could legit, yeah. it's like on Sleeper when you can offer a trade for nothing and it just yes. says, it says like Zilp, Zitch, Nada or whatever it is. That's basically what just happened here. They gave him away for the bare minimum of what you could even consider a trade. Like, yeah. it was like basically moving up in the seventh round <laughs> to take him and, wow. and they're not even paying the whole salary. Like, they're paying like half. Like, it's absolutely unbelievable. Like, uh, if that doesn't say it all, I don't know what is. Like, the, the, the guy had the perfect opportunity to turn this thing around after that horrendous last Bears season at the defending Super Bowl champions, and he just couldn't get off the ground. It was it was just awful. So I, I really don't see any upside. For his sake, I hope that he, he, he puts together a decent enough season. Like, let's just say he had 500, 600 yards or something. That would be great for him. Like, given that he's, you know, just come for like a move up in the seventh round. But yeah. that's not fantasy. That's not fantasy relevant at all. Like, that, that's not going to help you in your fantasy teams. For his sake, I hope 
he's a lot better. There's just other mouths to feed in front of him at Pittsburgh anyway. Like, I, I could see Najee Harris catching more balls than him, and he's out of the backfield. Like, let alone, obviously, George Pickens and Deontay Johnson. Like, I, I just don't really see any fantasy value to Alan Robinson at all. But for his sake, I hope he has a decent enough season. Tough to remember that the big year was eight years ago this year. So, you know, there's been, there's been some water under the bridge. Hey, uh, Manjot, I guess the, the move then is to the NFC ones, which is, and I'm throwing you a, a two-pack here. We talked a little bit before about how there's just not a lot of excitement around the uh, the Panthers receiving call, but they brought two guys in who've shown that they can do stuff in the past. Between Thielen, who's never been at another team in his life, and Shark, again, this is the third guy who's been in a Jags jersey on this list so far of wide receivers, so you can see where my, you know, bias is. Um, And then he spent those couple of years at Detroit, not doing a ton, but, I mean, there is just nobody else at Carolina, and someone's got to be catching these passes. Who do you think of these two is the more worthwhile to keep your eye on now? Jonathan Mingo. <laughs> I thought Mingo actually has more upside. And I know we're not allowed to talk about rookies. We'll, we'll come to rookies, yeah. But, I mean, Mingo's just fun yeah. to say as well, by the way. So, I get yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, like, Jonathan Mingo has more upside than these two. That That's the thing. It's going to be a battle who's the second best out of these two between Adam Phelan and DJ Chalk. I'm going to give the edge to Adam Phelan because we've seen him be a wide receiver too for many years at the at the Vikings with Stefan Diggs and then Justin Jefferson. Yeah. So there's some fantasy sort of, I guess you could say a background for Phelan that he has a background in being a wide receiver too, that it is possible for him to actually really do well as a wide receiver too, there's there's been some games where you can really pop off. So I really feel like there's, there's a couple more that you can really see for uh, feeling. I feel like I think he has a better chance than Chalk of really being that guy. So I give the edge hmm. to feeling. Chalk's not too bad himself, but I, I would say feeling is miles better of Chalk. I mean, and they've both been twos in their life, but um, Thielen's definitely been a little bit more stable over time. So, look, I think that's a good place to draw a line under wide receiver. They're kind of the names that moved around that we think are probably going to be the most compelling. Some of them will be fantasy relevant, and some of them are just this is the last time we may ever talk about them. So, uh, for those guys, RIP. Uh, my end is getting loose, and I'm ready to talk about a couple of tight ends. Hey, you ready for this? Oh, always. always. Loosen up. This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. Manjot, myth, legend. Who thinks they're going first this week, by the way? Hands up. It's Taylor. Oh, you're wrong. It's you, Manjot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I thought so. Oh, okay. Man, that is just a load of information. Lots of dumping right there, man. Yes, you got to go for them early and then trade them. I was feeling that sort of vibe from Taylor. Taylor nailed, I reckon. Yeah, as someone who's living the pain of the Jimmy G experience still, just trade that man, please. I just realized he, you know, basically had hamstrings made of tissue. That was great. <laughs> A lot like mine. Anyway, back to Manjot. How about me with my Peyton Manning jersey that I got for Christmas last year? This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. It's an upgrade, but he's not going to be so elite. I'm feeling loose. Let's get some tight ends on. There's only a couple who we think are really sort of big time worthwhile talking about. I mean, Darren Waller moves from uh, what was a really randomly successful career with the Raiders for a few years there. All of a sudden, he just winds up in New York. 
I've seen New York tight ends be successful way back when, when I was just a wee laddie and guys like, I don't know, Kevin Boss had this randomly good season one year. Uh, we saw Jeremy Shockey there at one point as well doing brilliant hey. things. So um, it's a little while since we've seen that, but, you know, it's been part of the New York purview before. Waller is definitely the sort of guy who can do that. Do you have much faith in him, Tay? My worry in him is he couldn't have been in a better situation of Derek Carr at the Raiders. Like, obviously, even before like before Devontae Adams got there, there was a game he got targeted 23 times. I think it was yeah. in week one. Carr just had a bit of a mind meld with him, and, and he just went to him every single time he was in a bit of a hunt, uh, you know, in a bit of a bind. So I just don't see how really him going to the Giants is going to make him better. Now, look, he doesn't need to be better. Like, he had a couple 1,100-yard seasons. We're not going to – you're doing that at the tight end position, you're an absolute outlier or you're Charles yeah. Kelsey. Um, so I'm not trying to just match him up on that, but I do have my concerns just generally over this Giants offense. Like, I, I know they're finally bringing in some sort of receiver talent, but I feel like a lot of this team's going to be predicated on Saquon rushing, Saquon maybe catching a few passes, Daniel Jones running the ball – uh, and I just don't think that's going to leave a lot of room for this receiving core. I know they've talked about in the offseason they've got to get better with their receiving core because what you got out of Golladay was just hilarious. I just don't think this team needs to pass a lot. I think they can work with running the ball a lot. And I just don't know if Waller, he might be the one in terms of the receiving, but I don't know what that's going to equate to. Yeah. So I'm worried that just in this tight end landscape, he's going at like tight end seven or something like that at the moment. I just think he's just going to fit somewhere around there. And I'm just going to be like, okay, that was fine. I, I, I don't see the upside for him in this Giants team because they don't have a high passing volume quarterback. And I just don't know where it's going to come from. I really don't. It's kind of tight end in a nutshell, isn't it? it? It's a it's a weird situation to be in where your tight end is your leading receiver, but it's kind of rare. So I don't know. It, it still makes me think that there's probably some hope for him because it's not like it happens to everybody, right? They have an absolute hodgepodge of different slot receivers there at the Giants. It's it's really weird. So. My, my worry is that outside of like Slayton, they don't really have another field stretcher. So everyone's going to be clamoring for those short Daniel Jones passes. So I just don't know where oh. he's going to fit in. All right, man, man John, forget- he's on the sideline here. He's willing to dive in and, and he, defend Hodge here. Boy. He forgot they drafted my boy, Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee. He, yeah. they, I think someone called him like a streak merchant, like a lot of people call him a streak merchant because all he runs is that streak route down the field. I, I don't know, but that sounds like a field stretcher to me. I, I, I don't know. I know he's just a rookie, but I, I don't know what that sounds like to anyone else. But Jalen Hyatt's got to be up there as a field stretcher, Taylor, surely. He may, he may as well Forrest Gump it and keep running out of the stadium. No one's going to throw it to it's John Ross, right? John Ross, all over again. <laughs> he might be able to stretch the field, but Daniel Jones is not going to be able to find him. He's just going to dump off. He's going to do short. Yeah, you're right. They, it is another field stretch outside of Slayton, but I don't think it's going to matter. They're still mm-hmm. going to throw short. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I feel like with the Waller move, though, back on topic, I feel like this is going to be good for Daniel Jones himself because I was talking to our boy, NFL Oz, on Instagram. Oh, ah, you know, cool, yeah. He was just, he was pretty wrapped with what the Giants did around Daniel Jones. For me, 
I know I, I was very controversial in our chat when I said Daniel Jones, $40 million a year, very overpaid. I actually, I still stand by that take yeah. until Daniel Jones gives me another good season. I think if, if he proves that he's a $40 million guy, then yeah, heck yeah. He can, I'll admit I'm wrong. I just need to see it first. And I think this is a good chance. I, I have to give credit to the Giants here. Daniel Trey picked 100 in the draft just to get Darren Waller, who was a guy that led the Raiders in receiving, as we just said, two times as well. Nice, in a row. So, yeah, two times in a row. And I think he could definitely, as you guys have been saying, definitely could lead the Giants in receiving as well. So who knows? Who knows about Darren Waller? It, it could be bit hit or miss with him i think daniel jones also he's thrown for a while like 13 touchdowns over three seasons or something let me pull it up here so 15 touchdowns in 2022 10 in 2021 11 in 2020 i know he improved a lot but still that's only 15 touchdowns to pass around there how many of 15 would he get you'd say like mm-hmm. five ten and i maybe. mean that's a big share that's- and that's ten, if he doesn't, this is not, this is this he doesn't get injured. He's he's been yeah. so injury prone over the last few years. Well, last year I think he had a hangnail for most of it, so you know that really kept him oh, out. Yeah, <laughs> oh, he yeah. was he was struggling. I, I think that's a well made point too. Is that we're both saying look, volume is uh, going to be a really tough situation there. The the other tight end who I think is really compelling to talk about because of just the the recent volume was that Dalton Schultz has moved to a complete basket of questions, right? What are we expecting out of Houston? Is it outlandish to think that that could be Dalton Schultz's future at the Texans? He could could lead them in receiving? Is that crazy? I don't think that's crazy at all because CJ Stroud's going to need a safety blanket. I think Dalton Schultz is a pretty good safety blanket himself. The Texans found a decent player there in him. They really could get a good amount out of Dalton Schultz, in my opinion. Who else have they really got to throw to? Like, at the moment, name value is maybe Robert Woods and Noah Brown. Like, that's how bad their receiver room is that really, I don't think we're really going to see much out of the Texans receiving course. So the tight ends, we're going to have to take something out there. And I think Dalton Schultz is the right guy to do it. Say, I know that this clears room for your boy, Jake Ferguson in Dallas. So you've got to be pretty happy to see Schultz get out of there. Oh, didn't they draft uh, a tight end or some shoemaker? Just, Ooh, yeah, that was absolutely, no, I've just got to go quick rant on this, man. Like they did my boy, Jake, so wrong, man. He was going to, he was going to. Ah, you'll get your chance you. on the rookie conversation. Get out of Taylor's airspace. Yeah. All right, Taylor, go. <laughs> yeah. It's a no-fly zone for you, man, Josh. I just flying this jumbo straight into man, Uh Look, on Dalton Schultz, he's the kind of guy I would rather take in a draft than Waller because I actually think you're going to get great value on him because you're probably going to get him four or five tight ends later. Uh, And I just think he's going to do a very similar job. But I don't normally like taking receivers with rookie quarterbacks. But in this situation, you just sort of, you know, outlaid it perfectly with how bad their receiving core is. I think he's going to have to go to Dalton Schultz a lot. You're not going to get very high touchdown amounts from him like you got at Dallas. Uh, because I just don't think they're going to be in the red zone anywhere near as many times. But yeah. I can see them having a lot of receptions and a lot of yards. And if you're just looking for a later sort of 
tight end dart throw, I just think he's actually a perfect fit. He, you might get, you know, six for 60 or 70 out of him. And, you know, in a full PPI league, like you're looking at 11, 12 points every single week. You'd bloody take it. So I, I've got, I'm fine with him because I just think he's going to get volume in an offense that, yeah, fair enough, doesn't have much upside. But I just think if you're looking for a late round dart throw at tight end, he's actually pretty good. Well, I, th- I think that's about as good of a wrap as we're going to get on tight end. Uh, really, the only other one of note who's moved is Gasicki, but we know the volume there is going to be pretty challenging. Fellas, I think at this stage, Ooh. we can probably put the queue in the rack for free agents and clear a little bit of space for Tay because we're starting to get into the later hours here. I'm not uh, as much of a late-night person as I had been in the NFL season. I've been uh, doing a lot of getting up early and training for marathons and that sort of thing, which will we'll bore people with later. This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. I got no notes, but I got the memory, so... <laughs> Every time I've believed them a little bit this year, they've just kicked me right in the testes. Ninja Miss Legend. All right, you guys, throw me into the fire straight away, you know, but that's why I'm here. Taylor Talk Time. Antonio Brown's out there hanging out with Kanye West. If that's not an insane asylum handing the keys to the inmates, I don't know what is. Maddie C. This Lathoris is both terrible. Terrible. I'm terrible. <laughs> I've got nothing else. Um, this is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show.